This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times, hosted by Grace Ho. It is the 9th of December today, the official launch of the national movement Mentoring SG. Themed, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, the national movement believes that every youth should have the opportunity to grow together with mentors who care. In this episode, we look at what it takes to be a mentor. Are you one now? Or perhaps you're listening to find out what it takes to be one. Or are you running a company where you encourage the right employees to step forward and mentor? even if it does not directly benefit your company. This episode is brought to you by the National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Mentoring SG is a national movement under Forward Singapore that aims to build the foundations of a strong mentoring ecosystem where mentoring is considered as a common and natural avenue for youths to spur on their journey of growth. After all, what is Singapore without its most precious resource, its people? In the studio with me for this episode are Mr. Chong Leong Fat, Deputy Principal, ITE College Central, Mr. Tan Cheng Hao, an alumni of ITE who was mentored during his school days there from 2015 to 2019. He's currently serving his national service after finishing his diploma at Singapore Polytechnic, and he also serves as chair of the People's Association Youth Network in Yochukang. Ms. Yvonne Kong, a career futurist and workforce developer who works in a local university. Welcome to the show, Leong Fat. Hi. Chung Hao. Hi. And Yvonne. Hello, Grace. Chung Hao, let's start with you first. You wear many hats. You're currently busy serving NS, but you still serve as chair of the People's Association Youth Network in Yochukang. You're also an ITE alumni, and during your school days, you were elected president of the Student Council in charge of 120 people or so. You had a mentor to yourself too. Uh, How did you juggle all of that, and how crucial was that mentorship? Wow, it's been very hard. I mean, it's my first time upholding big responsibilities. During that time, we were encouraged to join a mentoring program whereby I heard this U.S. Embassy program uh, by my seniors where they strongly encouraged me to join this U.S. Embassy program. So U.S. Embassy program offers us having one mentor each. So during that time, I was having this Dr. Lo Hongyi. He's a chief medical officer, but I think he stepped down from there. So during the time I was paired with him and then we go through like a few modules. I think Mr. Chong will share more about what, what are the um, probably like modules, like individual stuff in there. So he also shared his life experiences during that time, during the modules where I met him and also those things that he encountered. So he also strongly emphasized on teamwork whereby I have so many members under control by me. Uh, I also have a strong whole of ex-co member together with me. So we must work together as a team and be unity so that we will proceed further, move forward together. So this is where he encouraged us to be more un- unity and work together as a team. 
Right. And I'm hearing about teamwork and unity. So Leongfa, when did this mentoring journey start for you? And I believe you know it must have been quite different years ago. I'm sure the structures weren't quite as in place as they are today. How did it all begin? Uh, we started mentoring quite a number of years ago and it's basically more than 10 years ago. In fact, mentoring has all the while been there because uh, we have this class advisor concept in ITE. Class advisor is something like the form teacher, but in addition to being a form teacher, the class advisor also take care of the other needs of the uh, students. And the students will approach the class advisor. They will advise them on certain aspects as well, be it uh, how to manage their work, be it how to manage their emotions and so on. Basically, we started off quite long ago with, with the teachers being a mentor to the students. And then progressively, we found that when the students, I mean, we, are, we are actually training students for, for the industry, and we feel that there is a very strong need for the students to be also exposed to the industry requirement. That's where we start to link up and uh, partners with the industry to, to sort of uh, mentor our students. So, Chun Hao mentioned US Embassy is one of them. And it's a very popular program and it's the students themselves really, uh, many of them just, they, they know they know of this program. They pass down and the juniors to their juniors and the juniors know about it. And, and many of them will apply for it. In addition, that since then, we have quite a number of other mentoring programs by other uh, organizations as well. Be it corporate, be it some self-help group. It could be also uh, some organize, some interest groups that just come together and mentor our students. So there are quite a number and we've seen uh, quite a bit of benefit from it because in addition to the exposure, from the staff who are able to mentor them. They are able to see how people operate and that they are able to learn from the experience of uh, people who has been in the industry, as Chun Hao has uh, mentioned just now. Uh, Hong Yi is one of our uh, you know, long-time partner and he has been uh, with the US Embassy quite a number of years uh, and is, is volunteering his time there. Uh, besides besides uh, volunteering his time in uh, uh, mentoring, mentoring our students, I and mean, Hong Yi also partners in many things, that he also part of the uh, setting up of some of our work-study diploma and so on. So it's just naturally progressed, you know, from, a, from being a, a mentor of IT students and then they progress on to do other things as well. So, I mean, we really find it beneficial for the students. I think that's how we continue and we sought out more partners to be mentors uh, for our students. And based on your experience in ITE, what are the challenges facing today's youth? Today's youth, I believe Chun Hao may be in a better position to answer than me. But I let me let me let me just what I feel about them. I guess today they have choices. They have quite a number of choices. So sometimes when we ask the students, especially we tell them uh, about mentoring, whether are they willing to come forward or not, they will say that they have other priorities. Maybe I will start my mentoring journey only later stage when nearer graduation, and I'm looking for a job. No, but we tell them that actually mentoring is never too late to start. You know, and it's actually better to start early so that you can sometimes know about your choices. You can learn about things from your mentor at an earlier stage. It's better to learn early, it's better to know early than at a later stage where you may have much other choices. Speaking of life priorities, Chong Hao, clearly mentoring was a priority for you. But when you look back now, how important was it that you enjoyed that process of mentorship back in ITE? And specifically, what did you pick up from your mentor that helps you in your life now? I would say, okay, let's talk about youth. So for me, during back then, I, I wouldn't know what is mentoring, to be honest. I only know what class advisors, those that you will look up to, and then teachers and staff in charge, and that's all. So mentoring to me is very clueless about it until I encounter, maybe like experience it myself. So mentoring... Other people may think that probably it's like a hassle. You have to update them every time 
and probably you scared to like disturb them when because some of them are corporate and some of them are working under government sector so they are quite busy with their work and whatnot so during that time my mentor also encouraged me like do step forward do not worry about uh, my time because once I step into mentoring program uh, I offer my time to you look for me when you find any trouble so during that time he really is me very much and also one thing that I encounter is that between management and students so while planning events planning projects I always tend to be the middle person so I have to be in the both side situation uh, like a women situation like thinking of management and also students so students would eagerly want to plan something like for example Halloween events so we must think of the uh, probably the reputations and mo- most most importantly the risk assessment so planning Halloween events can but uh, how how do you want to do it so I have to talk to management, I have to talk to my staff in charge and see how, how to negotiate this kind of format. Yeah. So I must also add that Grace that uh, most of the mentor mentioned that they actually earn, learn as much as the mentee themselves. Actually, when they're mentoring, they learn uh, quite a lot from the, men, uh, from the mentee. So it's actually a two-way process. It's not only one way. Yeah. So I think yes, there's, sometimes uh, that's what actually keep them going and keep coming back uh, 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 to, to, to volunteer. Lilfat, you're a known champion at ITE. You know, you've been pushing for more mentoring. You're familiar with this space. And if someone listening today wanted to mentor and help a student at ITE to make a difference, perhaps, what would you say to convince them to step forward and why? I would say that many of IT students, they roughly they know where the direction they want to go, what they want to do because they're already having a course. But I, I, I would like to tell the, uh, the mentors, uh, uh, people who are, to convince people who uh, wanted to volunteer, I want to tell them that uh, you, you should know more about IT students, you should show more about our work. And, uh, and, uh, and IT students, typical IT students itself, in terms of their motivation level, in terms of what they can do, is actually no less than many other youth. Uh, so I think if you mentor the students, you will learn as uh, as much as uh, you are, are giving them. I think many of the mentors that actually told me that they when, when they mentor IT students, they get to know more about them and they also learn quite a lot of other life skills things, other aspects of life from the IT students themselves. So I would believe that if they volunteer them, uh, their time with IT students, there will be uh, to mentor IT students, they will learn as much and they are not only giving, they are also learning as much as uh, from my, my students as well. Chung Kao, what about you? So the challenges in IT students are basically stepping forward, I would say, because they are not comfortable in their area whereby they won't even want to step forward to do whatever they want to do or probably they don't even know have this opportunity. So I think with class advisors' help, I think they can promote more related programs like telling their students encouraging their students also. So not only the staff in charge encourage those students in CCAs, but also class advisors to promote this mentoring program also to all the students out there. I think mentoring programs is only for those leadership roles and also those that are selected for like top few percents in their class. So I think mentoring programs should leverage on those people that not only for these elite people but also for the rest of the students too that those really really interested in participating in mentoring program yeah. find us on Apple Spotify Google Podcasts 
or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now, back to Grace Ho's conversation with Chong Leong Fat, Deputy Principal, ITE College Central, Tan Chung Hao, an alumni of ITE who is now serving national service, and Yvonne Kong, a career futurist and workforce developer who works in a local university. They discuss why and how you can become involved with purposeful mentoring. This episode is brought to you by the National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Yvonne, what about you? When did it start and how long you've been mentoring? Wow, Grace, that's a very good question. I was also counting, you know, when you were <laughs> asking me the question. So I think it's been at least um, close to 15 years of me mentoring and starting this journey. And how it started was really quite innocuously. What happened was I was catching up with a younger colleague at my previous, previous workplace. And I said, hey, how's things going at a pantry? And then he just started sharing certain things. And I shared, you know, what had happened to me when I went through a very similar episode. And that was how it started. I started to, you know, like, hey, why don't we go out for lunch? Or, you know, after work, we'll just walk to the MRD station. I'll just share. And I kind of didn't know then that it was called mentoring. But it turned out that every time we met, that he would always have questions. And I was honest to tell him that I didn't have the answers to all his questions. But I could be here to listen, to offer support. And sometimes when I really could offer some practical advice or support, I was able to do so. And that was how it all started. And of course, you know, what inspired me looking back was the fact that when I was younger, when I was going through my own difficulties, somebody was there for me. And somebody mentored me. And till today, I'm still in touch with some of my very, very initial, earliest mentors. And I will always remember them for their kindness. And I will always owe them a debt of gratitude for what they have done. I understand that you've mentored people uh, varying in ages from 13 to even 60. Yes. How is mentoring a 60-year-old different from mentoring the youth? And what different skills do these different demographics call for? Actually, it's same, same, but different. Yeah, what's really similar is that at the end of the day, whenever I speak to someone, whether you're 13 years old or 60 years old, number one, I seek to serve that person. I seek to be fully present with that person. And there are many things that I can do for the person, regardless of whether the person is young or old. I want to and I will always step in into that relationship, the mentoring relationship, with the idea that I do not judge. I do not know it all, but I'm here to facilitate to give a bit more clarity, to listen, to support, to offer that helping hand if I could. So what's similar, you know, I would say vis-a-vis -vis both groups and both parties would be that. What's different is that with sometimes someone who is a little older or more senior than me in terms of their, their professions or their, you know, I would say jobs, is that I actually come in to want to learn from them. And therefore with that, I would say mentality and disposition, their guts become lower. And I would say that's almost like a reverse mentoring position. And actually, interestingly, that reverse mentoring position will lead to me sometimes offering them certain nuggets. And then they will tell me that I didn't see it this way. Oh, tell me a little more. Because their perspectives and my perspectives are very different because of life stages and ages. And that is totally fine. I always step in. I also realize with older folks, that I need to respect them. I need to come in with, I would say, an attitude of humility that I'm here to, to really just listen and see what we could come together to create. I think that's very precious. 
And I always remember what Maya Angelou said. Um, she said that people will forget what you say and what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So be it a 13-year-old or recently, actually, I was just speaking to a 12-year-old and we are going to start something new. Yeah, I'm going to bring her out for ice cream and then we're going to talk a bit more frequently. Yeah, I, I realised and learned that uh, food always disarms people. <laughs> be ice cream, bubble tea, coffee, tea. Yeah, the moment there's something in front of them, the guards are very much lowered. So be it 12 years old, you know, yeah, I would say young people or 60-year-old, very mature people. Yeah, there's always a thing that we can do for them. There's always something I can serve them in as a mentor. Right, Yvonne, let's book an ice cream session pronto. <laughs> but, but I mean, speaking of mentoring in a corporate setting, my impression of mentoring, and this is from my personal experience, is that sometimes companies only promote internal mentoring because of immediate benefits like talent spotting, or trying to retain a high-performing employee. And Chung Hao kind of alluded to that, you know, maybe in a school setting. So do you feel that more professionals out there or even more proactive companies should consider encouraging their employees to consider mentorship, even if it doesn't directly help the companies, you know, in the immediate sense of the word? Definitely. When an organization embraces mentoring, I realize that the entire organization becomes a lot more growth-centered. Because there's always something that someone can do to make another person better. So whenever that organization has that mindset that, hey, okay, instead of punishing or scolding or putting the performer on an IDP, individual development plan, it's always about what can we do to help the person grow through mentoring? What can another person grow in? Instead of pinpointing what the person has done wrong, I would like to see that, and it's happened before for organizations who embrace mentoring. It's, I would call the hashtag, call out the good. That is the environment. Instead of pinpointing and being very punitive, whenever the organization embraces mentoring, everybody seeks to see what can we do to help one another grow and make another person better. So I, yes, I agree. And I hope for more organizations to embrace mentoring, not just within the organization, but outside the organization. In fact, interestingly, it's been proven to increase employee engagement. I've seen with my very own eyes, some organizations, they step out as a group, as a department, to say that I'm going to volunteer with the VWO. I'm going to adopt 20 people from the VWO. They are beneficiaries. And we're all going to mentor them together. So the whole, I would say, movement of doing good together, calling out the good together, definitely benefits not just the organizations, I would say, spirit, but it also helps every single one organization to see that they can make a difference. And I would say, I think we all agree that these few years have been very tough because of the pandemic. So one very proven way to help ourselves feel better is to help another person, is to mentor another person, is to give back. And I think that really is a win-win for everyone. You spoke of the pandemic. Do you think that mentoring is more important today than ever? And what are the different challenges that people face in this day and age? That's a very good question. And it's really a lot more difficult. But I would say one good thing that came out of this pandemic would be that there is a better focus and a more positive spin and focus on mental well-being. So in this day and age, what's happening is that a lot of people are very busy. There's so many things on their plates. There's so many conflicting and competing priorities. But because of all these things, and it also doesn't help that because of the pandemic, we are a lot more behind the screen. Social media becomes very important. And therefore, 
all the more you need a mentor sometimes to speak into your life to clear the clouds that social media and the internet, for example, has given. So I, I realise that a lot of people now are able to diagnose, open inverted commas, what they are facing. Oh, mental exhaustion, burnout. And then they, they Google and they're like, okay, I'm having burnout. This is what I should do. But whatever that you read online may not apply and appeal to you. And therefore, a mentor who has gone through it before can be that very customised voice that you need, can be that very customised, I would say, source of wisdom because that mentor knows you, knows what makes you tick, knows your life stages, knows who you are, knows who are the important people in your life and therefore they can offer what really would work for you. And what would you finally say to convince professionals or companies listening to this podcast episode that they should volunteer their time to be a mentor? Perhaps getting started with Mentoring SG, the national movement? Definitely. I think Mentoring SG has made it a lot more appealing and easier to start mentoring. Sometimes there are people who tell me that I want a mentor, I don't know where to find the mentees. Or sometimes they will tell me, and it's happened most of the time, where they will tell me, I don't know whether I'm good enough to be a mentor. I would say there's just so many benefits to mentoring that I cannot find a reason why you would say no. And, you know, we have heard often that you don't waste a crisis, you learn from a crisis. I would like to replace the word crisis with the word pain. I think all of us, um, you know, day in, day out, there are always things that we need to overcome. Yeah, and I, I like to believe and like to see the fact that we don't waste every pain. We've all gone through failures and challenges. And what we have gone through, so I, I don't have the smoothest life. I've gone through a lot of things in my life. And every time I go through something difficult, I treat it like a lesson and I put it in my repository because I know one day I can pull out that lesson and share it with a mentee. So I don't want to waste every or any pain that I've gone through or I'm going through because I know that pain will make another person's life better. Then why would I want to waste the pain? All of us have something to contribute and give to our mentees, whether it's now or later. So long as we're willing to, there is something that we can offer. And on that note of turning one's pain and experiences into something useful for the next generation and for the people around you, thank you very much for your insights, Leong Fat. Thank you, Grace. And thank you, Chong Hao and Yvonne, for coming on the show. Thank you. Most welcome. Well, that's a wrap for In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times, hosted by Grace Ho. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. And if you'd like to read her articles, there are links in the podcast text description below. This episode was brought to you by the National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Thank you for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.